Good morning all and welcome to another episode of our Poetry and Devotion series where we will unpack one of my poems and then spend some time in devotion together. The poem I'm reading today is one that I'm still trying to fully understand myself. I wrote it in a flourish of words in a moment of inspiration. The Spirit set me off in a direction and in faith I wrote the words that came to me without thought or edit. I often look back at some of my poems and think, how did I write that? I'm not that good. And indeed, I don't think I'm that very good sometimes. Some of my poems that I try to write are terrible. And some are good, some are right, some are, you know, here and there. It's uh, It can be a bit of a mixed bag. But there are times when it becomes clear that the Spirit guided me and led me to write something that I could not have done alone. It's not that the Spirit writes the words for me, but that it's a partnership. It's like teamwork. He provides the inspiration and the emotion, and I provide the language and the medium. Like a prayer, we sometimes pray for things we did not expect to pray about when we started, and so it can sometimes be for me when I write. So this poem today is an interesting one. Even though I know the gist of it and that I wrote it, I'm still not sure of everything that is hidden away inside it, so we may yet come back to it in a future episode. But for today, I'm going to write, read the poem and then go through the story of the poem and then share a message that has been on my heart for a little while now. Restless Peace I was waiting on the storm, the one that never came. I watched the waves crash over, am I the one to blame? The rain was coming at my core as I swung around my sword. The tempest from within me had severed every cord. And when the floodgates opened, there was no one else but me, a single man, an army of one, to take on the world of the free. I charged through the front lines of my imagined enemy. I slashed and stabbed and grabbed my way until I reached my victory. But no one sounded trumpets, and none prepared a feast. There were none to raise the flag, none to mourn the deceased. So I returned to my castle, my bastion of peace. I locked the gate behind me and turned to watch the seas. I watched and waited for the storm, the one that never came. I set the guards on high alert, the army of my name. I dwelt an age in my tower, a watchful, restless peace. My sword was my disaster, time had bent me to my knees. Please do not rebuke me for my youthful fire. I now lay down my spirit, my sword, until your coming hour. This poem is a story. It's almost a testimony of things that I've done. I'm not meaning that I've acted in all the ways that the poem describes all at the same time, but what I have done is act in all the ways the poem describes at different times in my life before I turn to Jesus. It's a story about how life looks without faith, how peace looks without Jesus, and how only peace we can strive for without Jesus is a watchful and a restless peace. Something that we need to protect and guard and achieve through our own strength and our own battles. The story starts when I've lost all sense. The tempest from within me has severed every cord, meaning that I had lost my way and I was acting on behalf of the tempest within me. The tempest or the storm represents aggressive sin, lust, hatred, anger, fear, violence. It is raging from within me and I let it control me. Even though, when the floodgates opened, I expected to see waves of enemies, there was no one else but me. And crucially here, I mean, when I mention who I'm fighting, to take on the world of the free, indicating that I am not free. 
I am fighting against the free. I have free will to swing my sword and to fight whatever I believe in. These are worldly viewpoints of freedom. I was trying to achieve my freedom through a tempest, through a storm, through hatred and anger and through violence. I was fighting people who were actually free. So I swung my sword around at my imagined enemy. I slashed and stabbed and grabbed my way until I reached my victory. But what victory? Who was I fighting? They were imagined. I had beaten myself. I had beaten an army of the free. I had beaten down my own freedom. In fighting for myself and my own freedom, my anger and for my desire to be free, I actually won by destroying my own freedom. Therefore, I was caged. I was imprisoned in my own victory. This segues into the second half of the poem. After the battle is won, there is a restless and a watchful peace. I was surrounded by no one. I was alone. I was by myself in my tower, in my bastion of peace. I locked the doors and set the guard on high alert. I was prepared for an attack. And I could not leave as I was afraid that my peace would be taken away from me. But what is peace? Peace is calm in spite of existing fear anxiety. It's not the victory over them or the abolishment of those things in my life. And peace gives life. Peace gives rest. Being locked up in a tower of my own making, am I truly at peace? By my victory, have I really secured freedom in that? My sword was my disaster. Time had bent me to my knees. Eventually I realized my mistake. After living in this restless peace, the pain, the sheer effort and the strength needed to uphold it all, it was too much. The burden I gave myself, the cost of freedom in my own image, was more than I could bear, and I fell to my knees at last. The first stanza is actually a circular narrative, and it only makes sense at the end. Am I the one to blame is the question I asked at the start, and it's only a question I could ask after time had bent me to my knees, after I realized the mistake that I had made, after I realized that I was living a life without Jesus, and that through Jesus I would be given victory. So then in the last stanza, I cry out to the Father, Please do not rebuke me for my mistakes. I was young, and I did not know better. I decided to lay down my own sword, admitting that my own strength I can't achieve freedom. I say that I will now rest in him and find my peace and victory in him until his coming hour, the hour the Son of Man will descend from heaven. It is a story about how in my own strength I cannot find peace, I cannot find victory, and in seeking my own freedom I will only find captivity in a prison of my own design. I have come to realize that it is only by God's strength that I can achieve true victory, and only by God's love I can achieve true freedom. In Psalm 59, 16-17, David says, But I will sing of your strength. In the morning I will sing of your love. For you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. You are my strength. I sing praise to you. You, God, are my fortress, my God on whom I can rely. Contrary to the poem, where the character tries to build his own bastion of peace, David sings of a fortress of the Lord. For you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. Only by trusting and living in righteousness, which is in right relationship with God, can we find security and safety. We can rely on Him alone for this. And I believe that it is within true safety that the Lord provides where we may find peace and freedom. One time when I felt a lot of freedom in my life was at church one Sunday evening with my bond Kate. 
We were in church and it was just after worship time and the pastor called up anyone who wanted to be prayed for to come to the front. So I jumped up and made my way. I was physically tired after a long week and mentally exhausted from trying to become perfect under my own power. I was done with the year. And while I had been greatly encouraged by an encounter that I had with the Spirit a couple weeks ago, where he showed me what peace was, I was still in need of more help from the Spirit. As I stood at the front with my head down and hands open, I asked the Lord for more guidance and for more inspiration. I asked for an uplifting, almost a spiritual energy to help me continue to fight the demons still in my head. I began to feel heavier, more tired, as though the weight of the world was on me. I felt as though all the mistakes I had ever made were handed over to me, and I was to bear them on my shoulders. I felt as though I had been brought to my knees. As I walked back to my seat, I didn't know how to say or what to act. I was too tired to move or participate in the next worship song. And as I drew closer down the aisle where Kate was sitting, I thought to myself, how am I going to act? How am I going to explain this feeling that I have? Should I fake it? Should I talk about it? I just wasn't sure of what actually to say in that moment. I was just overcome with my own burden. As I came to, I eased slowly back into my seat, and I just felt myself melt into it. My head rested gently on her shoulder, and her hands took mine and held them softly. Just as my physical body melted, so too did all the weight, all the anxiety, all the heaviness, and the burden of my sin melt into her. I remember thinking, this is freedom. To have a partner who, no matter the circumstance, will allow you to collapse into their arms and carry a burden for you. Kate bore my imperfections and accepted and loved me in spite of these. Just as Jesus bears our imperfections and loves us no matter what, just as Jesus bore humanity's sins by carrying the cross of salvation, she bore my cross even when it wasn't hers to bear. I remember feeling peace, comfort, acceptance and love. But it wasn't her strength, it was God's love at work in her. She couldn't carry my burden by herself. It was the Holy Spirit residing in her that allowed her to take on the weight. His love, God's perfect love, through her gave me freedom that no matter the amount of earthly victory or safety could ever match. He is my fortress on whom I can rely. He loves and protects me. He fights alongside me and goes before me in the heat of the battle. And through the death and resurrection of Jesus, I have been guaranteed victory in him. As John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. In his perfect love for me, I have freedom. Because he protects me, he guides me away from harm, he takes away my anxiety and my fear, he renews my strength each day, he has promised me victory and eternal life. Living in him is free of burden, fear and restrictions. Living in him is freedom, for it says in 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And also in Galatians 5.1, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened by again by a yoke of slavery. Do not be a slave to your own ambitions. Do not be a slave to your own pursuit of victory and freedom, but rather take up the freedom and the yoke of Christ, for his yoke is easy and his burden is light, and in him find your freedom. Thank you all for listening. That wraps up today's poetry and devotion.
as always, it's always a blessing and a privilege that I'm given to have this platform to share my devotion and my poetry. And I pray that as it encouraged you in your spirit and reminded you of the freedom that we gain when we die to our sin and we give our hearts to Jesus. Today, I'm going to end by reading Psalm 23. In many ways, I feel like this psalm is the complete antithesis to the poem that I read and that I wrote today. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. <laughs>